Today on Locked On A's, we're talking about the expectations for the A's in 2023, what their payroll could look like next season, and also some targets on the free agent market that could be available and also either tradable or clubhouse guys for the A's in 2023. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 480 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're going over the A's expectations for 2023. What could be in store for them both next season and also this offseason? What is their payroll looking like? How much money do they theoretically have to spend? And uh, where might they be spending that money as, uh, you know, free agency kicks off here in about a week and a half. So that's what we're covering today. But thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. Uh, I'm getting trained in a new recording software, and I'm going to be having YouTube videos up again very soon. So be on the lookout for there. Go subscribe to the channel over at Locked On A's on YouTube and have some fun over there. And while you're at it, Follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on Twitter. And also, I have an article currently blowing up at Inside the A's talking about uh, the, the Matt Olson trade one year later. And uh, I, I feel like Atlanta people thought that uh, he had been traded again, and that's why it's blowing up. But hey, he didn't. And if you read the article, uh, it's very clear that he wasn't. But go check that one out if you're interested in seeing the Matt Olson trade a year into it, or, you know, after a season at least, uh, where we have some stats and we we kind of know where guys are sitting. And also make sure to follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook so you never miss an article over there. But let's get into today's episode here at Locked on A's. Um, what are the expectations for the A's in 2023? I'm going to set some lofty goals. I'm going to go real lofty, real fast, while there's still baseball being played, and then I can adjust my expectations as the the offseason rolls on but right now I don't I don't know that it would be an expectation but I think that a goal for 2023 would be 75 wins I know that that is a a large increase in wins but I mean we saw the Orioles go from a hundred loss uh, season in 2021 to almost being a playoff team in 2022 and I'm not expecting the A's to make the playoffs but hey if they're almost 500 that could be a nice stepping stone. And then you use 2024 as another, you know, get get the troops on board, uh, make some final touches, and then hopefully they're competing by 2025 and, you know, having a realistic shot at winning a World Series championship uh, once again. Maybe not like the most realistic, but like, hey, they'll be in the playoffs and they got a chance, you kind of thing, you know? You know, A's baseball the way it was meant to be. But I'm hoping for 75 wins next year. They've got some pieces and we don't know if, you know, Sean Murphy is going to be traded or if Ramon Laureano is going to be traded. Uh, we don't know necessarily the other moves, like the the uh, subtractions that the A's are going to be making this offseason. They might trade Paul Blackburn just because why not? Uh, he's going to be owed a little bit of money and they could also non-tender him because he's he was good. But I think that they can get something for him because he's a controllable asset that they have. 
um, which I hate referring to people as controllable assets, but in baseball front offices, that's kind of how they're viewed. So I, I think that Paul Blackburn could be one of those guys that has moved. And then you keep the the fourth spot in the rotation open for either another free agent, potentially, uh, that could be a, more of a clubhouse guy. Or you could go for uh, you know, leaving it open for your Adrian Martinez's, your Adam Allers, and some of those guys to really get a, a, a foot in the door and really open up that competition so that they have something to play for during spring training and see what happens there. So my first ex- expectation there, 75 wins. That, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, what we'll see, what the A's do this offseason. I'm not expecting a ton of moves, but I think that they, they can put together a, a decent club. They'll have some pitching. They'll have bats. I, I don't know if they're going to be good bats, but we saw some some improvements from the guys that should be on the team in 2023. Your Nick Allens, your Dermis Garcias. Uh, no, we, we saw some improvements there. Seth Brown had a nice second half. Tony Kemp had a nice second half. Uh, Vimy Almachin had a nice second half. Um, we'll, we'll see how that all translates into 2023, but I mean, the linchpin of the second half for the A's was Sean Murphy, and he might be out the door, so 75 wins might be a very lofty goal, considering what else the A's do, but 75 wins is something that I'm going to be I'm going to be putting there. I'm like 75 or bust. That's that's going to be my motto here at Locked on A's for the 2023 season. Um, and then I, I think that another expectation for the 2023 season is uh, that we're going to have a better understanding of who's going to be on this club moving forward for the next competitive cycle. Uh, hopefully we see the arrivals of guys like Zach Geloff and Tyler Soderstrom. Uh, and I mean, we should, barring injury. We, we really should see the arrivals of those guys. So, yeah, those guys to like your Jordan Diaz, uh, who hopefully he has a home defensively by the end of the season. Um, you know, Dermis Garcia, is he going to be uh, improving? Is he going to get that 29.9% strikeout rate that uh, I've been clamoring for? The old Chris Davis mark, the highest mark that Chris Davis ever had. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like they're fairly comparable players. Um, can he... Can he get to 29.9? He was flirting with 40. So let's see if he can drop that strikeout rate a decent amount. Uh, Nick Allen is probably going to get some run. Is he going to solidify his case or is he going to have a question mark next to his name? Who's going to be at third base? Who's going to be roaming the outfield long term for the A's? Uh, Is Seth Brown going to be the center fielder? I, I don't think so. But... Uh, is Christian Pache going to be making strides? Is Kevin Smith going to be making strides? These are the, the questions that we're asking going into 2023. And uh, hopefully we have a better understanding of those players moving forward. And if we if the A's need to move off of some of those guys and bring in somebody else and give them a shot, or if we have you know a center fielder, we, we know Christian Pache is going to be the center fielder. I know that he can do it defensively, and I've made the case that he, he could probably just do it with how he is now, but he's going to have to show a little bit of progress, I think, at, at the dish, which he did in the second half. He had a 75 OPS plus, which is solid, uh, but is can he do it for a full season? That That's what, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are going to be looking for there. And then uh, the, the, the hope is that we, we get some breakthrough pitching performances. I've already made a case for Kirby Sneed as a breakout uh, relief arm, and that's great. Uh, I don't know that, you know, breakout relief arms are necessarily going to be guys that you build around for the future. They're not going to be core pieces because relievers are, they're, they're fickle. They go up and down season to season. Um, Brad Hand was the, the most dominant reliever in all of baseball during the uh, the Cleveland uh, baseball team's run to the World Series. What was that? 2015, I think? Uh, 16? 16. Um, and 
he, he was just unbeatable. And then he fell off an entire cliff. And he was very beatable. And now he's on the Phillies and is fine again. Um, Part of that's age, but, you know, part of it's just the ups and downs of being a reliever in a major league bullpen. So who from the A's starting rotation is, that's the group that I'm looking at here, is who's going to be making their case in the starting rotation. Uh, We already know Cole Irvin's pretty good. We already know uh, James Gabrillian has the tools. Can he be more consistent is what I'm looking for from him. Uh, then we're going to be seeing, you know, Ken Waldachuk, can he take a step forward? Can he be that guy that is the A's number two prospect in all of baseball, or not in all of baseball, in all of the A's minor league system? Uh, J.P. Sears, I assume that he's going to be getting a shot in the rotation as well. He's looked good in spurts. And then, uh, so, so those two guys, and then maybe a third. Maybe, maybe you're Adrian Martinez, you're Adam Aller, you're Zach Logue. Uh, who else breaks through in that group there? Uh, maybe Jared Koenig becomes a, a great relief arm for the A's because he, he had some great appearances out of the bullpen down the stretch there. And so that's where I could see his role being in 2023. But they got they got a lot of arms. They're going to have to whittle it down before opening day. And we'll, we'll see where things lie at the end of the season. But coming up, we're talking about the A's payroll and where they could potentially spend some actual money? Uh, Not a lot. I mean, don't get your hopes up. I'm not expecting big expenditures. I I don't think that Aaron Judge is coming to Oakland or anything, but hey, maybe they'll spend a little bit of money, get a free agent or two on on like the inexpensive market, not on the top tier or even the middle tier or even the guys that are, you know, uh, taken up before January. We're we're talking like February free agents. Who can the A's go after? We're going to talk about it. As everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks, but when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners of this year's show 40% off of their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. I use it, I love it, you'll love it too, because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. Because with 24-7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. And Simply Safe blankets your home with protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when the threat is real. And even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. That that's a that's one good blanket you got there, Simply Safe. So don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off of your order when you visit simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. I don't care which one, just do it. Uh, also, thank you guys so much for making Locked On Ace your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today show. It is a quick recap of all the biggest stories around the sports world. It's a fantastic program. I highly recommend it. And, uh, you know, while you're doing that, while you're on your phone clicking around, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on 
on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community over at Locked On A's. Pose a question in there. Make some friends with fellow A's fans. And then also make sure to follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook. But let's talk about the A's payroll situation moving forward as we head into the offseason. Um, what are the expectations for 2023's payroll? My guess, and this is, I mean, purely a guess, but I don't see it going down necessarily. Uh, I mean, it, it could theoretically because they don't have to pay Stephen Biscotti or Elvis Andrews or I, I guess those are the two main contracts. So they don't have to pay those guys. So theoretically, it could be so much lower, uh, but it was around $50 million in 2022. Uh, there was a little bit more added to that for luxury tax purposes. I think it was like 66 or 68, something like that, but $50 million baseline. And I, I think that it's going to be similar to that. Um, and I'll make a case for that in the, in the third segment here. But uh, I think that, you know, there, there's room to, to, to go here. And also the A's don't want to necessarily just put nothing on the field because they may also stay in Oakland, and so they don't want to completely do that unless they like, unless the deal falls apart at Howard Terminal, and then they are definitely moving. I don't see them going full bottom barrel and just going with a bunch of pre-arb guys, uh, pre-arbitration guys, guys that make the minimum, the, the major league minimum, which is seven twenty, I believe, this year, seven hundred and twenty thousand um, dollars. So I, I think that. There's going to be some guys that make a little bit of money, and I know that all of the the national media sites and MLB trade rumors are always like, oh, well, you know, Sean Murphy is going to make three and a half million dollars, so he's traded, and uh, Elvis or uh, not Elvis Andrews, uh, Ramon Laureano, he's going to make three point six, he's going to get traded, and uh, Tony Kemp is projected for three point eight or three point nine, I forget which one. Uh, he's definitely gone. I don't think that that's necessarily how it works. Um, I don't think that the A's mind paying those things if they're seeing value that doesn't necessarily matter to them. On on the field uh, for, you know, Sean Murphy. I think that he's going to get traded because he can bring back such a big prospect package. And uh, that makes sense. Ramon Laureano, his, his production on the field has been a little bit up and down and, I think they're going to see what they can get because they want to build for the future. Uh, Paul Blackburn, it could be a money thing, but also I don't think that he's necessarily a piece for the next uh, contending A's team. So I think that that's why he would get moved, even though I know he's going to be owed a, a couple of million dollars. Yeah. Uh, but Tony Kemp, I mean, he's, I think, the the most expensive of the arbitration eligible players that the A's have at, at like under $4 million estimate on MLB trade rumors. And I think that he has a pretty decent chance of sticking around because he's a great clubhouse guy. He plays with so much heart and passion and he, he goes out there and he just gives it his all every day. And you want a guy like that to show the young guys how his baseball is played. So keeping Tony Kemp around makes a lot of sense. Uh, but you you can make the argument that, oh, this guy's going to make money. Well, whatever. It, it, that's not always how it works. But regardless of that little tangent. Um, with all of that under consideration, uh, the the arbitration eligible guys, which are Sean Murphy, Ramon Laureano, Austin Pruitt, Tony Kemp, Diolis Garrett, and Paul Blackburn, they're estimated to make roughly $15 million combined this season. Uh, I mean, they, they could DFA or, you know, non-tender Pruitt potentially, but he, he had some, some nice showings that he's going to be making just over a million dollars. So why not keep him around, I guess, if you, you feel like... Why not? Uh, they could also not as well. Deal Scare is going to be making under a million dollars, and I think that he's a, a solid asset to have. So definitely keep him around uh, and don't just 
DFA him for no reason. I think that he could be a solid, uh, you know, innings eater for the A's, even after coming off of Tommy John and all that stuff. But uh, that means that with uh, another, what, 20 spots to fill? There's six guys making $15 million. They got 20 other spots to fill on the 40-man or on the uh, 26-man roster. And their their payroll would be roughly $30 million with no other expenditures currently, which is $20 million less than it was last year. So, I mean, theoretically, the A's have $20 million to spend this year if they're going to be keeping with uh, the status quo. And maybe it could go up slightly if there's, you know, a free agent that they're like, I think that we can get something for this guy later. Let's give him an extra million or two million. And I think that that could be a, a reasonable ask of John Fisher, uh, who notably doesn't like spending money on this team. But, hey, maybe they could do something here. They're like, hey, I, I think that we can get somebody in this tier of prospect if this guy performs the way that I feel like he's going to perform. Uh, and I think that that would be the case that you make is, hey, the, we got these tradable guys or we might be able to put on a championship team if we build some nice clubhouse culture by bringing in this guy over here. And maybe that's the A's rationale this this time around because uh, they didn't believe in clubhouse chemistry before and it led to the trade of Ioannis Cespedes. But maybe, just maybe, they bring him back to build clubhouse chemistry once again. I don't know. Uh, I talked about that before, and I also wrote an article on Inside the A, so check those out. But uh, I got some other names for you guys on the free agent market that I think could be valuable assets for the A's, either as clubhouse people or as tradable assets at the trade deadline. I'm going to talk about those guys coming up in just a second. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. It, it helps us on the charts. It helps people find the podcast. It's very helpful to me. And also, I like seeing it. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I like seeing the five stars. They make me happy. But <laughs> you know what else makes me happy is when you guys follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you guys uh, could... Please uh, also follow the the new site that I have in affiliation with Sports Illustrated. It's at Inside the A's on Twitter and also on Facebook. Uh, and also, you know, just read some of the articles. They're great. The site is literally blowing up right now. Literally blowing up. It's doing a great job. But uh, let's talk about some targets that are on the free agent market that I think that the A's might be considering this offseason. And the headline here is uh, Miguel Sano. I know that he's kind of like Dermis Garcia, but older, but he's got a lot more experience, and I think that he could serve a nice purpose for the Oakland A's in 2023. He could be either their first baseman or their DH. I'd probably put him at DH just so you can keep him healthy because he did only play in 20 games in 2022 uh, due to injury, and he wasn't doing well before that either, but uh, I think that he would be a nice person to have in the clubhouse uh just you know just go out there and swat dingers just that, that's all we want you to do just go hit the crap out of the baseball and he has done that so much in his career in 2021 the, the year before this one if if you're into you know calendars um he hit 30 home runs and he just lives in the top 1% of the hard hit rate uh, percentages and his average exit velocity, his average exit velocity from 2019 to 2021, uh, 94.4 in 2019, 
That's really hard, you guys. Uh, 95.2 in the shortened COVID season in 2021, or in 2020, and then in 2021, 93.4. He absolutely crushes the ball when he makes contact, and he might be a great guy to just have around Dermis Garcia. I know that he strikes out a decent amount, and we're trying to get Dermis Garcia to not do that, but holy crap, they have similar profiles here, and I think that uh, that tutelage could go a long way to maybe being a productive guy that ends up on the A's later in his career. Um, but yeah, Miguel Sano has been very, very good over the course of his career. And this season or this offseason, he has a $14 million option attached to his name. And uh, the, the, expe the expectation there is that the Minnesota Twins will not be picking that up because that's a lot of money for a guy who only played 20 games last year and also is, you know, good. But uh, maybe not where the game is going currently. But I think that Miguel Sano could be a nice big bat in the A's lineup. And they, they could use some of those. And so uh, I think that he could be in the A's price range, maybe at like one year, $6 million. Um, I, I don't know what his, his asking rate is going to be. But I think somewhere in the 6 to $8 million range would be acceptable for the A's and uh, as A's fans and whatnot. And I think that you could move him at the trade deadline, especially with just that hard hit rate is ridiculous. And he, he hits it hard like over half the time. He's amazing at absolutely killing the ball when he makes contact. And I, I think that he, he'd be good on the A's. And if the A's are looking for an inexpensive guy to have a rebound season, I think that Miguel Sano would be the guy. I think that he could definitely be a nice tradable asset for the A's uh, this, this trade deadline in 2023. And maybe their package is something similar to what the Yankees got when they traded Joey Gallo. I know that Gallo can play, uh, you know, a, a pretty decent uh, outfield spot. And he also has a good arm, but... Uh, Miguel Sano also hits the ball better and more frequently than Joey Gallo. Not by a lot. Not, not by a lot on the more frequently, but uh, better by a, a decent margin there. So I think that Miguel Sano could be a nice big bat, and every team has a DH now, so there might be competition for him on the free agent market. Uh, but I think that the A's, if he's still in a, still around in like maybe December-ish, maybe the A's take a shot on Miguel Sano. Uh, a couple of other guys that I have listed here. Uh, James Paxton could be worth a flyer. He's already worked on the Yankees. He's been on the Mariners. So he could go back to the Mariners on like a flyer deal. Uh, he's He was just on the, the Boston Red Sox and missed the entire season. So I, I think that the quote-unquote contenders, the, the perennial contenders, are probably going to be not willing to sign up for the James Paxton experience right now. He hasn't been the James Paxton that we've seen since, like, 2017. It's been a few years, and maybe the A's can take a flyer on him. They, they've done it with older pitchers like him before, and let's see if uh, they can find the fountain of youth with him. Uh, you also got Chris Archer, who... I don't know that the A's necessarily need to sign Chris Archer, but he's always felt like an Oakland A. Uh, so that, that's my argument. He always felt like one, and he was he had like a four and a half ERA last season. Uh, he also has a ten million dollar option, also with the Minnesota Twins, and uh, I, I don't know that they're going to pick that one up either. So 
Chris Archer could be available to the Oakland A's as well if they're looking to just round out the rotation and really make the other guys uh, that, that aren't Waldachuk and Sears really try and earn their spot in the A's rotation moving forward. And then finally, we got Matt Strom, a reliever, a lefty reliever, and a pretty dang good one. Uh, but the thing that caught my eye, uh, you know, a couple of months ago was his his movement, his horizontal movement on his changeup is nasty. It's not quite as nasty as, you know, the the old uh, Adrian Martinez, but he is one of those guys that has a lot of movement on his pitches. His horizontal movement on his changeup ranks sixth in all of baseball. Uh, so if the A's are truly targeting guys that have pitches that move and especially changeups that move, Matt Strom is a guy that they could get for relatively cheap and then hopefully he turns in a fantastic season and maybe he could be like an Andrew Chafin kind of trade chip where you're not getting a ton for him, but you're getting... So, some maybe a meaningful piece, maybe a, a bench guy or a fourth outfielder, a, a guy that could be there, and you're spending a few million dollars this offseason to go out and acquire that skill set for a few years down the road there. Uh, as for clubhouse guys, um, you're, you're going to be kind of excited about one of these guys for sure, and then maybe slightly excited about the other guy. Uh, first guy up, we got Sean Manaya. Could he make a return to the Oakland A's? He is beloved among A's fans and also in the clubhouse. Uh, he had a 496 ERA with the San Diego Padres in 2022. Not great. And so I, I don't see a lot of teams necessarily lining up to go get him. Um, he also has a career 1526 ERA in three postseason appearances, spanning like seven and two-thirds innings. It's He hasn't thrown a lot of innings even though he's gotten into a few games now. And so if you're a contending team, do you want to have him to get you to the postseason and then not use him in the postseason? Because that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I assume that he's going to be signing with a team that's not necessarily in contention. Why not bring him back to the A's and really build that clubhouse culture and uh, you know that fun vibe that he has, that man-chap vibe that he has. <laughs> and then another guy that I would definitely consider, and I think that he could be a solid piece uh, for the A's on the field as well, would be Joey Wendell, who used to be in the A system, but they traded him in 2017. Uh, they traded him over to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for Jonah Heim, and they later traded Jonah Heim for Elvis Andrew. So lots of things going on there. But uh, Joey Wendell has a $6.3 million option with the Miami Marlins, but he could be the A's legitimate opening day third baseman if they went out and got him because uh, he plays solid defense, which is something that, you know, Kevin Smith also does, but his bat is probably, it is, it's more major league ready and more, uh, you, you can probably bank on his bat a little bit more than you can Kevin Smith. So maybe you go out and get Joey Wendell and just to see what happens in 2023. Maybe they're really aiming for 75 wins and they're like, yeah, let, let's go get Joey Wendell. He's the missing piece. And so I could see Joey Wendell being a nice addition if they don't necessarily know what they're as like insurance for Femi Almachin and Kevin Smith until somebody else gets there, uh, you know, like your Brett Harris's or your Zach Geloff's, whoever they want to play third base. Either of those two are solid options. And uh, then you trade Joey Gallo at the trade deadline and or sorry, not Joey Gallo, Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell. You trade him at the trade deadline and uh, see what you can get for him and see what happens there. But $6.3 million is not a lot of money. But if that gets declined, then you're expecting him to make like $4 million-ish, maybe. I don't know. And the other thing that he would bring, other than you know being a, a solid big leaguer uh, on the field, would be just uh, his postseason post experience uh, just in general as a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. He's 
He's played in the World Series. The A's do not have those guys because the A's have not been to a World Series in forever. So, uh, yeah, he has deep postseason run experience, World Series experience. I think that that could be some, something useful for some of these young guys. Uh, gives Give them something to strive for and how you achieve that goal. Joey Wendell makes a lot of sense for me there. Plus, he, he's been in the A's farm system before. He kind of knows uh, the ropes and he could relate to these guys in a, in a way that some other guys that also have World Series experience might not be able to. So uh, that those are some guys that I would go after. Also, Ioannis Cespedes. Go get Cespedes. Uh, I, I either want Miguel Sano or Ioannis Cespedes. Obviously, Cespedes more because of history. But uh, either of those guys to be the A's DH in 2023, why not? Screw it. <laughs> Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown A's your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts like myself and insights only Locked On can provide. The podcast is available on this app, wherever you're listening to this, and also on YouTube and also wherever you get podcasts. So, Check it out. Legitimately, it is a fantastic show. I love listening to it each and every day. Uh, Peter Bukowski, great guy. Love him. He's a Packers guy. But, uh, you know, other than that, he's a pretty, pretty good guy. <laughs> all right. But that's all that I got for you guys today. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Make sure to uh, follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. Also, make sure to visit Inside the A's on, you know, on, on the web on the internet, and also uh, follow Inside the A's on Twitter and on Facebook as well. But that's it for me today, you guys. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.